Welcome to another episode of Soul Affirmations with Felicia and Kariga. With Kariga and Felicia. And who else? And the listeners. And the Black Love Podcast Network. Yes. Shout out to our listeners. Shout out. The amazing community that we're building at the Black Love Podcast Network. Thank mm-hmm. you for listening. Thank you. Yeah. This is a special episode because we have a very special guest who has decided to join us. Absolutely. She's the boss baby in charge. <laughs> Kamali is here and she is actively soaking it all up she is she's looking directly at me right now i like that and yanni okay so i wanted to begin today with the affirmation selection if i could i'd love to hear what you select i think it centers us for the journey ahead okay if you have your text Mm -hmm. i have it i need you to turn to page 14 oh 14 okay thank y'all so much (laughs) it reads i am where i need to be and who i need to be in this very moment the answers i am looking for are already within Mm, it says i am where i need to be and who i need to be in this very moment the answers i am looking for are already within (laughs) i think that is a very good affirmation for today's conversation and i read it and i take a deep breath Mm -hmm. because this is a reminder right yeah a very important reminder that needs rehearsing absolutely it needs rehearsing and it reads one way on paper But what does it mean for the answers to be within? Mm. How do we get to those answers that are within? Mm. What type of space do we need to make? What type of capacity do we need to make right, Mm -hmm. to get to that within? Because certainly life is happening around us at varying speeds. But I think it guides us today Mm -hmm. in a very beautiful way because today we get to have a wonderful conversation about Felicia's latest writing, (laughs) the Soul Affirmations series. Yeah, And Felicia was able to produce a series for mothers who are investigating grief's process. Mm. I'm nervous to talk about it. I can't deny it. (laughs) I I can feel the butterflies within. I like that nervousness. Yeah. Because it's okay. Okay. You don't have to be something else. The way you feel right now, the way you feel today is absolutely fine. (laughs) So says Kamali. Yeah. So today we went on a walk Mm -hmm. and we were talking about the book and your feelings. And Felicia said something to me that she said before, but today I was able to hear it differently. And she remarked on the idea that she never wanted anything to come from this. (laughs) The brokenness in her heart didn't give her room to imagine or desire anything coming from this. Yeah. And I remember that space and how I had to find respect for your voice in that space, though I was in the process of creating. Mm. Right. Mm -hmm. I remember wanting to know if you were okay with my creating. And you expressed your support of my processing, what I was called to create. And I want to respect where you were in the spectrum of your feelings. Although in my prayers, I desired that you would find value in telling your story Hmm. because of what I seen in the grief groups. Hmm. And I knew that that was you telling story and connecting even then in a way that it didn't look like anything was coming from it. Because at that point, that was your aid for going through. But each session that we attended, I saw new blossomings, Mm. new depths of the story, Mm -hmm. courage to tell more of the story. Or if you looked across the room and someone had a very similar experience, 
the type of after conversations that would happen when the grief groups were let out and there'd be that walk to the parking lot <laughs> if there was someone who you identified with. Mm -hmm. So I was looking at these connections mm -hmm. happen all along, but only in your time would they happen for you. So when you said, I never want anything to come from this, I brought to memory the testimony you received from mm -hmm. this storytelling. Yeah. yeah. I appreciate you painting that picture a memory for me with the grief groups. I know we kind of talked about it a little bit today on the walk, but I remember those feelings of coming in and you're coming to, to find a connection with someone, someone that could understand what you're experiencing. And the very first time, the very first group meeting we went to was the Compassionate Friends. Mm -hmm. And it's a group for parents at all spectrums of loss of their children. And I remember how beautifully the moderator for the event had the storytelling start with a person to my right because I was the newest member of the group. Mm -hmm. So I listened to every single parent in that group that day talk about how they lost their child and in very poetic, different ways, right? Yeah. Everyone kind of finds their expression for that day, for that moment. Mm -hmm. So you hear it come out so differently. You hear about all the different losses mm -hmm. and how none of them even make sense. You know, for me, it felt like, and mine just, this just doesn't make sense at all. And someone else might be able to find reason. And that's why I kept saying, like, I don't want anything to come from this. I don't want anyone's reason to come from my heartbreak. But I remember listening that day and then being the last person to share what I could share and being affirmed by every single parent in that room. Mm -hmm. They affirmed what I was feeling because they had felt it too. And that was so important to me that day. I'll mm -hmm. never forget that. Mm -hmm. I will never forget how that felt. I felt for the first time, like, I'm not tripping. Okay, I'm not crazy. This feeling is not abnormal. This is natural to the process. Oh, there's a process that's happening. All of those things came up for me. And then there's the hugs after. And how awesome it was that I was even able to have that. And I know we'll probably talk about the differences now for a mother who may have experienced a loss. But thank you for prefacing what, is feedback that I received from mm -hmm. an angel mother. And I asked her if I could share this and she said it was okay. She's been listening to every episode of the podcast, actually. I'll just read what she said. <laughs> so she says, Dear Felicia, I hope this finds you in peace and surrounded by love. I just finished listening to this week's episode of Soul Affirmations podcast. I've loved all of them and always listen to them a few times during the week to let it all soak in. But today's episode was very special to me, so I wanted to take the time to send you my love, respect, and admiration. Growing up, my mom always wanted to know my friend's parents because for her, if the parents had sense, their children had sense too. <laughs> so for better or worse, I always felt like I should pay attention to the parents of the children my kids hang out with. As crazy as it sounds, I'm always wondering who Maharo is playing with and if those kids have good home training. <laughs> I always remind myself that Maharo is with Kamayu, so he's good. Mm. Today was special because hearing you speak, I just became so admirative of how you parent Kamayu. I always feel like I have no reference for how I will and can parent Natari if he's born alive. But today I was like, I want to mother Maharo and mm. Natari the same way Felicia mothers Kamayu and Kamali. Mm. During this pregnancy, because she's pregnant right now. Because I've been more sad and fearful than happy and excited, I've been very apprehensive of how I will be able to mother Natari while grieving so much and missing Maharo so much. Listening to you speak about your birthday, it vividly illustrated how grief and love really do coexist when parenting an angel and living child. I say all that to say this. 
please know that there is an angel mother on the other side of that microphone who heard and felt every word you said today. You are referenced to me and without a doubt to many others. Thank you for giving me us an example of mothering that we can actually practice. Mm. And I just cried. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. All I had were tears. Mm -hmm. It took me a while to respond. I don't know what to say to that. The tears in my eyes are my way of showing thanks right now for that mother. Yeah. For Maharo, for Kamayu, and for you, Fee, for so courageously being a mother to our children and meeting such varying needs mm. for children who present two totally different ways but are part of your life. <laughs> and you stretch yourself. Certainly, caring for a newborn is two full-time jobs. Mm. But just the idea that you hold Kamayu and Kamali, and it creates reference I don't have an overly religious background or experience in this, but I know that there are experiences in life where you either plummet or you find a new faith. Mm. And in my journey, I knew that I couldn't go silent on my experiences because my first loss came by way of gun violence. Mm -hmm. So I've seen it around me so many times. And I knew that I had the ability to articulate some nuances and some secret rooms of that experience that could help others. So I first learned my responsibility of not going silent on my experience then. Mm. And it guided me into my journey of angel fatherhood. But I so deeply admired you for the ways that I saw you write silently before you process with anybody. I loved and respected your writing and the time you needed to reflect and the clarity you produce when you have a chance to do it for yourself. And that's why I'm so deeply grateful that what you did for yourself has made room for other mothers and Though you said, I don't want anything to come from this, my prayers were that you would step into your space and step into your voice. Mm. Because after the loss, silence is like a double loss to me. We got to tell mm. the story. We got to speak their names. We have to confront it regularly. And the world won't give you the reminder space. You have to create it for yourself. Yeah. But when you create it for yourself with repetition, I think that's the pathway of finding the answers that are already within. Mm -hmm. So I really just respect that you did it at your pace and your flow. But your answers from within are profound and they light the way for so many of us. Fee. And I'm really, 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 really proud of you and how you mother our children and what you create for those on the other end of this microphone. I respect that. Thank you, Rika, because you helped me make room for that. I was reflecting on where the writing came from. It is Soul Affirmations, a toolkit for mothers who are investigating grief's process. The title came later. It was actually the very last thing to come because I had to understand what it was I was doing. But my writing started as evidence of Karika's documentation. And you might be able to find it through Instagram when we started writing in the backyard. Uh huh. So I believe that was like March 2020. Uh -huh. We decided that we're just going to spend each day writing, mm -hmm. writing how we felt, writing what was present for us in that moment. Mm -hmm. And I would write whatever came to my mind, however I felt, however I was feeling that day, days prior, coming from therapy. Mm -hmm. I just took the time to sit with my feelings. I find that I've done better putting pen to paper than I have orally expressing to you exactly what it is. Mm -hmm. It's something about writing for me that allows me to be very clear about how I'm feeling. Hearing my metacognitive voice gives me opportunity to correct what is true for me Yes. rather than the outside noise. 
These writings are different than my previous writings. I'd started writing to Kamayu, and that was the first iterations of expressing exactly how I felt. Mm -hmm. But it was to her, mm -hmm. you know? Mm -hmm. I didn't have a desire to do anything else. Mm -hmm. I didn't have a desire to be creative, express mm -hmm. myself in any way. But time had brought me to sort how I was feeling. Mm. Time brought me to yeah. sort how I was feeling. I think what was happening, as I said, you know, in March 2020, we started writing, right? Mm -hmm. Being very intentional about it. And that was however many months after Kamayu's double transition, I would get questions about how I was feeling, right? Mm -hmm. And I would have to answer as best as I could orally, right, to someone mm -hmm. how I was feeling. And not all the time, but sometimes these particular times stood out to me because of how they made me feel. But sometimes what would happen is someone would tell me how I should feel. Their projections of where I should be with the time that had passed in comparison to what their experience was. Natural, right? That's what we do. All we have is our lived experience. And when it doesn't quite fit in the frame of our cognition, there is an offering naturally. Yeah, it's their brain trying to build a bridge. Yeah. Whenever those projections did not rest well inside of me, it sparked this investigation of how I really felt. Wow. And what was required of me was to put pen to paper to sort through those feelings. Wow. I had to investigate within myself how this made me feel. Their projections began your investigation. Yeah. That's one pathway. Yeah. I won't give it all of all the, the variants. Yeah, no, totally. <laughs> and so I would have to sort through the truth of my feelings from their projections. But also, I found in reflection today, thinking about it, when we would go out, I would have to figure out how I felt, what I looked like, what life was like out without Kamayu. Yeah. Even that would be kind of messy inside of me. Yeah. It wasn't clear. So I had to take time to journal through what I was feeling that day and find the truth there. These affirmations that I've written to myself yeah. that are affirming my truth, that are confirming my truth, they help me commit to the knowings inside of me about my motherhood, about my angel motherhood, about where Kamayu was, about her presence. I think it was so important for me to do this because, like you said, we talked about this, time will pass, you intersect with the day-to-days. Mm -hmm. Sometimes those intersections don't make room for you to be present with what you know, so you have to rehearse it. There you go. You absolutely have to rehearse it. If somebody keeps asking you for directions because you're on a corner, right, let's mm -hmm. just say, but in your head is a song for me. Mm -hmm. I'm at work and my job is to give directions at the customer service desk. Mm -hmm. But there's a song happening in my head that I have to rehearse. Mm -hmm. In between every moment of somebody asking me something, I'm trying to rehearse what I know. <laughs> the same is true for our feelings, mm -hmm. our reality, and our own pace, right? Yeah. These affirmations are the knowings. Yeah. The rehearsing of what we need to know yeah. to navigate. Yeah. And on the walk today, Kareem and I were kind of talking about these knowings. I had mentioned we know that there are several mothers who have experienced a loss and they may not have had time to explore what their truths are for them, mm -hmm. even if it is their truth or just taking time to be with it. Right. Yes. I've been afforded this opportunity to be present with the grief. So I documented these affirmations in the same spirit as Kariga with his affirmations to create this opportunity for a mother who may need it. Because there are mothers who have experienced a loss and had to still mother other children. 
Or there are mothers who experience a loss and still have to go back to work. Or there are mothers who experience a loss and feel like they need to be busy to get through it. The grief is there. Yeah. That's what we uncovered on the walk today, that the grief is there. The busy, mm-hmm. it occupies the time, not the grief. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So the grief is still fully there waiting to be explored. Mm-hmm. And so though with the time and how it changes, it still requires us to experience it. And I feel like these writings are an opportunity for a mother who, when she finds the time in her own pace to experience it mm-hmm. and investigate the truth of how she feels. Mm-hmm. Because as intersected with the day to day, you know, mm-hmm. you may not have time to rehearse what is true for you, like you said. I'm so grateful that you took the time to investigate grief's process for you Mm -hmm. and saw fit to leave it as reference for others. Mm -hmm. On the walk, we were talking about the brokenness of your heart, really leaving you in a place where nothing could come from this. Mm -hmm. Imagine you have a heart broken by circumstances you feel are so unfair and unique and someone else you find heart breaks similar, not the same, but similar. Mm-hmm. I couldn't imagine you saying, stay your broken hearted ass over there <laughs> and I'm going to stay broken heart over here. Well, that's just not the way the human experience goes. It's not. Belongingness is important to us. It is a basic human need. And the issue is in your broken heart, we can feel like we don't belong in the mainstream flow. I don't have a smile for today. Right. Nor do I want to be asked what is wrong because I'm not smiling. Right. I can't even begin to articulate what I'm feeling. Mm -hmm. But my face is this way. But let's just say public requires a smile or how are you doing today with a small talk? And you don't have any capacity for small talk. (laughs) It makes you feel very alone. The grief is disorienting. But if you find someone who is experiencing similar displacement from the mainstream flow, there is affinity. There is belonging. Mm -hmm. You know, we went to grief groups in the beginning. Yeah. And it occurred to me on the walk that I'm so grateful that you were able to explore and investigate grief for yourself. I thought about the mothers, the families who experienced loss during the pandemic, which means they had no visitors. Yeah. And then they aren't able to go to a grief group in person. So what is that path? Right. It's such a new reality of grief in a world that none of us have seen before in our lifetime. Mm Mm-hmm. And without this reference, I'm just so grateful it's there. Mm. We see outside opening in some capacities, but many functions aren't open. I have not learned of the grief groups resuming yet. You imagine 16 months of it not being so. How do you just fall back into the flow? And because grief is so disorienting, as I say, it could be challenging to have to adjust to doing it inside Mm -hmm. and then all of a sudden become this version of yourself that does it outside. Mm. So there's still so much shifting occurring, Mm. so much place finding occurring. Mm. And I'm grateful that your text of soul affirmations is really here for families, Mm. for families. They're for mothers investigating grief process. But if a mother is fortunate to investigate grief process, it will have an impact on whomever she calls family. Mm. When a mother has capacity, she serves different. <laughs> mm-hmm. So you wrote it for mothers, but certainly families benefit. Oh, I love how you see it in such a grand scale. Thank you for that. And like I said, I wanted nothing to come from this, but belongingness is so important. And I remember that feeling of finally belonging somewhere and how important it was for me the next day. I got up a little bit differently the next day. Mm -hmm. And I could share with my loved ones around me what I had found. Mm -hmm. It's so important. Like I still have connections. 
the social media connections have been so important to me. Yeah. To receive this kind of feedback from a mother who has experienced loss and is now on the journey of pregnancy after loss. Man, Riga, like the tears also welled up in my eyes when I read that because everything she wrote, I understood. I know exactly how she feels. Being sad because you're not able to love the way that you did with the first child because of your fear. Mm. The language says, if Natare should come, I know exactly what she means by that. Yeah. I know exactly how that feels. I affirm that, mm. what that is like, and that being okay. In greater detail, I modeled this volume of soul affirmations after Karika's version, oh. a toolkit for reflection and manifesting the light within, which wow. was brought to us by him investigating the grief process after losing his brother to gun violence. And it's so rich to me that you would take the time to do that, that you even had the time to do that. Mm contextualized with being a black man living the black experience in America that you took the time to explore how you felt. Mm. This is rich. Wow. So I modeled it after this first volume. Now we got volumes now. <laughs> Whoa. Whoa. With soul affirmations, a toolkit for mothers investigating grief process, we have 51 affirmations now. Nice. Hey, rich. And I imagine because healing is an ongoing process that there will be more exploration as time continues to move on. Yeah. And I look forward to continuing the process of affirming and rehearsing what I know. When you said there are volumes now, the illustration happened in my head. In some cultures, I've seen people plant certain plants for their loved ones who have transitioned. Mm -hmm. So whether it be a new bush in the garden, a new succulent, I've just seen people return to gardening or return to the land to honor the grief. You see it in libations, but I've seen people, you know, particularly in gardening, add a life form. Mm -hmm. to their gardening experience. And then when you said, and now we have volumes of soul affirmations, I thought that to be our contribution to the garden yeah. uh, of the lived experiences. But I also could not disregard that these volumes were added after loss that if I were to choose to add another volume or to forfeit the loss, I would certainly forfeit the loss. Mm. But I'm also reconciling with the idea that you can maybe delay the loss as you would hope, but the loss is an inevitable experience of love. Mm -hmm. So I stand in affirming the affirmations, <laughs> just the volumes, they must come then. Mm -hmm. You know, mm -hmm. I can't stop it, nor am I supposed to. Mm -hmm. The goal is to become one with love. And for love to make me one with the creator. Yeah. <laughs> That's an affirmation. So that is an affirmation. <laughs> it's speaking directly to us in real time. But I just wanted to make that illustration when you said, and now we have volumes. Yeah. I'm holding Kamali in my hand. Yeah. I look forward to the volumes that are to come because it is a way for me to keep Kamayu present. Our garden will continue to flourish. Mm -hmm. You know, we said the other night when we were putting her down, I was looking at Kamali before laying her down in her bassinet for bed and how she was resting in my arms reminded me so much of Kamayu. It was a very familiar face. Mm. And I shared that with Riga. And you had said to me with tears, like, I'd rather, what was it, that we know this pain than to not have yeah. experienced her at all. Yeah, I can feel it all. Mm. And even when it hurts, I'd rather feel it all than to not experience any of it at all. So give me all of it. Mm. It's just because it hurts doesn't mean it's bad for me. Right. 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 It's like stretching. Yeah. If you haven't stretched a muscle, it will hurt. It doesn't mean it's bad for you. Right. It's increasing your capacity. Yeah. So I want to feel it all. Hmm. So I want to read an excerpt from my affirmation text 
that is the introduction to the affirmations to be very clear about what it is. These affirmations are intended for mothers journeying through different walks of loss. Each affirmation is written to assert and declare what is true amidst the outward noise of the road and the nuances accompanied with grief. With each affirmation is a space for personal reflection as an invitation to lean into the process of where one is currently standing in their grief. Let the space for writing be an opportunity to honor and experience the grief as love. That is my intention with these affirmations that I've written. I think it's beautiful. You're just, you're stepping into it. Yeah. It isn't all of a sudden. You're stepping into the reference you leave. I thought it was so beautiful that you described the space for writing Mm -hmm. to explore grief as love. Mm -hmm. I think that's such a generous invitation and everybody attends to it at their own pace, especially the idea that grief could be love. That's Mm -hmm. not an immediate concept. Right. That shit don't feel like love (laughs) in the onset. Right. And I wouldn't want someone telling me it is love right away in their own expression. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. But for someone telling me that they f- they found that grief was love, it gives me time to figure out if I'm going to find the same. Mm-hmm. Now, what's true about love is true about time. Mm-hmm. It will continue. Mm-hmm. Love will continue. Mm-hmm. I just really want to just like take a second to affirm you in this. Thank you. The guide, the reference, just like the mothers who reached out to you. Mm-hmm. I hope it sits well with the mothers who have experienced loss. I look forward to sharing it with the world and letting it have its resting place in those hearts. Mm. This is my offering of what Kamayu came to teach me. It's unique, right? Because I started writing with her, just with her. And in my writing to her, I found a different voice. Mm. And when I felt like nothing could come from this, she taught me through writing what I needed to know about love. Wow, Kamayu. <laughs> wow. She taught me the deepest unconditional love. I smile thinking about the mother who writes to you, wondering who Maharu's playing with. And the way that Kamayu made room for you to know that mother. Yeah. She said she always wanted to know the parents <laughs> of the children her kids would play with. And, and I she, told her, like, I believe that she if I've it. intersected with you, we've shared our story, our kids know each other. Well, the thing is, it was Kamayu that introduced you to her. Yeah. <laughs> the same way children do at school the parents don't know <laughs> the parents don't know each other right the children introduce the parents they do wow rika this is parenting in a different way this is too much <laughs> this is what happens when you have children who present differently oh but the parents meet through the children it's true on the playground it's true in our hearts it's true in heaven mm. May we all love more abundantly. V, I'm so proud of you. Thank you, Rio. I hope this writing helps us all to love more abundantly. Now that you see the way your feedback impacts our world, impacts our work, I hope that this encourages you to continue to leave feedback, mm-hmm. review, yeah. follow. Or even just like find us in the DMs. Every episode before Felicia and I record, we ask ourselves what brings us here. Mm-hmm. We ask ourselves that is an essential question. Every time, just to make sure we aren't doing it to do it. And we say we do it for reference. And reference is a unique reason to engage because you don't always know where it's landing and how it's creating room for others. So when you do have time and it does speak to you, thank you for helping us hear where this work is going and how it's touching lives. So you'll be able to find this volume of soul affirmations through our website, soulandlove.com. 
That's S-O-L. You know that. A-N-D-L-O-V-E. You know that. <laughs> you can find the first volume of Soul Affirmations and you can also find my version, the second volume. I also want to say I'm so grateful mm-hmm. for the way the story reaches many. Mm-hmm. I got a message today from someone who watched the Black Love episode. Oh, dope. I get them often. Yeah. I have to remember that this story is still finding people. Yeah. The reference is still being created. It's not a one time. That's right. It's reference, and reference doesn't expire. Yes. I want to thank the Black Love Podcast Network, the yes. Black Love family. Yes. This episode of Soul Affirmations is executive produced by Cody and Tommy Oliver. Mm-hmm. It is produced by Crystal Hill yep. and edited by Masu McLemore. Yes. So I'm so grateful for the team that makes this all possible. Thank you all. Until next time, may we all love more abundantly. Peace. Peace. <laughs>